Shades from New Jersey, it's the SNL Nerds, the show where two comics from New Jersey nerd out over Saturday Night Live. I'm your co-host, John Trumbull. And I'm your co-host, Darren Tepsch. How you doing, Darren? I'm alright, I'm okay. Happy Easter. Uh, he is risen and all that. He is risen. The Lord is risen indeed. Uh, we are yes. recording this on Easter Sunday. Uh, you guys are not listening to it on Easter Sunday, because we don't have that quick of a turnaround, but... Uh, you don't know that. To everyone. Yeah, absolutely. How's uh, how are you doing, good sir? This is like our fifth quarantine edition of the episode. Like, uh, how are yeah. you? Uh, it's it's, uh, it's 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 really something. It's, it's something else. This is this is almost becoming our new normal. Um, it's it's weird. I'm not gonna lie. I'm still holding up okay. I realized this week that uh, I'm I'm really almost kind of built for quarantine. I think. <laughs> <laughs> Is this the moment you've been waiting for? Well, it's like I'm I'm an introvert by nature, so like left to my own devices, I don't go out a whole lot. Um, okay. I, I've I've gone through a, a bout of unemployment before, so like I wasn't going out or spending a lot of money before that. I'm not into sports, so sports not happening doesn't really affect me. Um, I shave my head anyway, so I don't have to worry about uh, getting all shaggy. Um. So okay. I'm, but well, the, I'm doing okay. All right. I mean, do you think do you find it to be like one of those things where now that you, even though you do stay home a lot, now that you can't go out and out anymore, you feel like, oh wow, I really kind of want to go out. Yeah, there is a little of that. I mean, I miss just stuff like going out to grab some lunch somewhere or or going out to the movies, but. You know, it's yeah, that's a bummer. major stuff is going on, so it's it's a very small sacrifice to make. So, I mean, how are that's you doing? Right. How are you and your wife doing? Are you, are you guys going stir crazy? Uh, no, we're okay. We step out for a little bit, like a you know supermarket, waiting on lines. Everybody's wearing masks. Uh, okay. We get takeout a lot, support the local uh, restaurants or whatnot. And uh, I think I'm at that point at the in the quarantine where I'm trying to do something with my time, trying to learn something. So I'm trying to learn guitar. Like through uh, oh, apps, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm gonna be a guitar comic when this is all done. <laughs> like uh, all right. I'm just doing like the, yeah, yeah. I'm doing like through apps and videos and um, you know, Fender and Gibson websites and stuff. So you know, maybe I'll when I come when I'm come out of this whole thing, I'll uh, I'll be able to play a few uh, tasty licks. That's it. That's interesting. That now I'm assuming you guys already owned a guitar. Yeah, yeah. It's like one of those things where like I have an acoustic guitar. And, you know, I'm a music nerd. I've always loved music. I love going to record stores. I love going to concerts. But I, I never learned how to actually play an instrument. So, like, I got a guitar, and I'm like, I'm going to learn how to play this thing. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be a rocker. And it's just one of those things where I take, I take a few lessons, and then I just kind of lose interest kind of immediately. But then it's, I pick it up again. It's like, oh, I should, I should learn how to play this guitar. I should, like, really stick with it. And then, you know. But like now that I have nothing but time, I'm like, all right, now, now, now I gotta learn like at least a chord or two. That's very cool. That's very cool. I I admire anybody who has like musical aptitude because I don't, I can't really sing. As listeners of this podcast know, um, I don't play any instruments. I don't really have much in the way of musical aptitude. So whenever I see somebody who can sing or play an instrument, it's like a magic trick to me. I mean, I'm I'm just endlessly impressed by by talent, musically talented people. 
we're we're back. Uh, this was like instantaneous for you listeners, but we were having a few technical difficulties, so we're we're starting up recording again. Uh, we yeah, didn't it... out on much, but uh, Darren was having some computer problems on his end, so he's he's now on his phone. So if he sounds a little different now, that's why. Yay! Hey, but I can I can hear the beginnings and the ends of your sentences now, which is a good thing when you're recording a podcast. Yeah, you don't need the whole sentence. You just need the the inside, the meat of it, the inside part of it. Right, right. I mean, and it's it's helpful, I find, to know when your co-host stops talking. <laughs> it it helps. It helps. That's a, yeah. That's podcasting one hundred and one. It's a bit confusing for me when it's. Uh, I hear you say two words and then it's dead silence for the next couple minutes. <laughs> it's like, did Darren leave? It's like, did I piss off Darren? I don't know. What did it's, I do? It's the podcast over. But, uh, but as it turns out, we are not the only ones who are uh, uh, recording from home during this, this quarantine, during this quarantine lockdown time. Uh, Saturday Night Live was also doing that. Um, uh, yeah, yeah. This uh, came as a bit of a surprise because we just thought there would be, you know, you know, dark until this thing is over. But um, we were all ready to go with a, you know, a hot rod episode. And then on Thursday, they were like, oh, no, they're putting out a new SNL episode. And we were like, whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah, yeah. They uh, apparently, yeah, they, they didn't announce that until April 9th. So that's kind of short notice. Um, and this is something that they did. Uh, this this episode of SNL, it was basically pre-recorded. Everyone recorded their bits at home. And I'm assuming the SNL editors went to work on it. And they they did a great job, I think. Um, yeah, absolutely. So, like, uh, well, when you first heard... What was that? Go ahead. Well, no, when you first heard about this, I mean, what were your thoughts on it? Just because, I mean, we've seen a lot of late night shows do this now where they... Tape from home, you know, Colbert, Fallon, mm -hmm. uh, Prince Rick Kimmel's doing it too. Hey, Kimmel, uh, yes. Yeah. So, like, what were your first thoughts on it? Because, like, you know, it's Saturday Night Live. It's it's uh, a live performance in front of an audience, and uh, just to have to sort of do try to recreate that with no audience, no you know co-stars to bounce off of when you're doing your your sketches. You know, one would think that would be uh, pretty uh, difficult. Uh, yeah, it's, it, it's, I mean, with something like a talk show, it's easier to see how that would translate because you can do just like a, a conversation over Skype or over Zoom or whatever, uh, sort of app you're, you're planning to use. And that can translate pretty, pretty well with, uh, sketch comedy. It's a, it's a different sort of thing because it depends on that, that interaction between people. So it was it was interesting to see how they tried to adapt the show to the, their new limitations. Um, I should back up before we uh, we get into the the sketches. Uh, just say this this episode SNL at home. Uh, it's season forty five, episode sixteen, officially, uh, and it was the episode from April eleventh, uh, twenty twenty, and uh, they managed to get in a couple of ringers. They got Tom Hanks to host, quote unquote, host, and and Chris Martin. From Coldplay as the musical guest. Yeah, that was a nice little surprise. I didn't because I thought they weren't going to have a host or musical guest, and they had both. And I was like, "Whoa!" All right. This was really interesting because it was it was literally we did not find out until the show was airing. And this is this is a real 
this is a unique episode in the history of SNL. I mean, this is obviously the first time they've ever produced a show like this. And because yeah. it was pre-recorded, uh, this is also the first time the cast of SNL was able to watch the show at home while it was airing for the first time. What a, what a world we live in. I mean, that's something else, right? The future is now. Yeah. Um, so the, the episode, it opened up with a Zoom call with all the cast members popping in as a, it's probably become a very familiar sight to people across the country as they as most people are working from home these days. Yeah, absolutely. And then uh, I think it began, I think it began with uh, Kate saying live from Zoom. It's sometime between March and August. Yeah, yeah. That was that was a nice touch. Um, and then we had uh, new opening credits that they cut together just for this episode or, or possibly any future at-home episodes that they choose to do. Um, uh, yeah. Yeah, it was kind of cool. You could see kind of the inside of their house or wherever they're staying. You see Mikey, huh? Day, pl- you see Mikey Day playing with his son. It was like, yeah, oh. I, it, it, I had no idea that Mikey Day had a kid before before this. I was like, oh, look at that. Uh-huh. I, I just I tend to think of SNL cast members as being young, generally like unattached people. I mean, some of them might be married or have a, a significant other or something like that, but you don't usually think of them having like a domestic life. And I was like, oh, well, that's that's neat. I had no idea Mikey Day had kids. Yeah, I mean, I kind of knew he had a kid. I didn't kind of know. I did know because they mentioned it, um, bef- you know, earlier in like a few, a few episodes ago, just because uh, Mikey Day's son, he actually was on an episode of Saturday Night Live. He was, he was in the um, the pre-tape, the Macy's commercial pre-tape that w- came on during Christmas time. Okay. And uh, there was that one part where uh, Mikey, you know, where they talk, it, was a, it was a Macy's commercial for kids' clothing, and Mikey Day was putting on a sweater over his son. That huh? was his. That was his actual son. Did he? Did he tweet that or something? He did. I, I believe either he or Streeter tweeted it. But yeah, that's okay. His, his son is in that commercial. Oh, that's neat. Okay, I either totally missed that or had totally forgotten that. Um, but but that's neat. So I mean, it's it's neat to see what all the cast members worked up for their intros. And I'm assuming everybody was just kind of left to their own devices. We see we see Beck Bennett uh, falling into a pool at his place. Apparently, uh, Beck is one of the people who like went out to California because um, uh, not many people in New York City have have pools. So. No, not, not at all. And uh, yeah, but it looked like a nice house he had. Um, uh, we, we see Colin Jost. He w- he was at home. He was just like performing to like dolls around a table. And I was kind of hoping to expect like Scarlet would like peek out of a corner or something like that. But uh... that would have been neat. That would have been neat. It would it might have been a little distracting, but that that was neat. Um, yeah. I never noticed Colin Jost is fucking jacked, man. Is he? He, he's in he's in like a white t-shirt during his intro thing. He's he's got some guns, man. Oh wow. Colin I, I, most. I had never noticed that before, but apparently yeah. there I saw some thirst going on on Twitter uh about it. Okay, all right. There you go. Um you know, we and and it was interesting to see like the different slants that people had like like Kate McKinnon went just you know, uh, real de glam. She's just like lounging at home in like a sweatshirt with her cats, um, which was cool. And like Cecily Strong went the other way, and she like she glammed up. 
Oh, she did. Oh, she did. She did. She did, she did a, just did a, some straight up thirst trap in there. Um, Ooh. Ooh, and and we, we see Keenan just being very domestic. We see him like taking out the garbage at his place. Yeah, and, yeah. It was a nice uh, little thing. Yeah, and uh, uh, Chloe Feynman and Bowen Yang, they both seem to uh, attempt to like recreate some of their shots in the intro. Um, yeah, like, yeah, Bowen did the, the wave. He did the, he did the little wave that he does, and Chloe did like a hair flip thing that I think she has in her, her segment. So I thought that was yeah. neat. I thought, I thought it was neat to see them do like a lo-fi sort of thing. And, uh, you know, they, they cut to a shot of hand washing, too, which was nice. Of course. Always wash your hands. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. So that was neat. And then so after that, and, and so that was a nice little treat. And then after that, we went, we cut to Tom Hanks in his house, um, uh, introducing the show like he as he's he's the quote unquote host for this. But he didn't he didn't really mix in any of the sketches. He just introduced a few things. Right, right, right. I mean, he also mentioned that he was uh, one of the first celebrities to get diagnosed with uh, COVID-19 back in March. Yeah, yeah he said uh, he's uh, the celebrity canary in a coal mine. Uh, uh, yeah, very much so. And he says, I, I'm, more, I'm more like America's dad than ever before because no one wants to be around me very long and I make people uncomfortable. Um, mm-hmm. but, it, but it was nice to see him back home and up and about and and he says, like, my wife and I were both doing very well because he and his wife, Rhea Walsh, were both diagnosed with uh, coronavirus. And I think right, that right. was one of the early things that really made people, made Americans at least sit up and say, oh, this is serious. Yeah, I remember when, once Hank got, once Hank's got it, it sh- shit got real, yeah. as a kid said. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um and he also talked about how because he, he was diagnosed and treated in Australia, uh, he had to deal with, like, they give the temperature in Celsius degrees that, down there. So he had to learn that 36 is fine, but 38 is bad because, you know, they go from uh, zero to 100. Right. Um, he, and he had a nice line. He said, 36 is fine, 38 is bad. So it's like how Hollywood treats female actors. Hi-yo. Yeah. Take that was that a nice Hollywood. line. Yeah, stick it to the stick it to you, stick it to Hollywood there. Yeah, and then he did a little. Uh, he did a mock Q and A, audience Q and A thing with uh, Tom Hanks playing the people asking him the questions. Uh, so that was cute. It was just like a lo-fi kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, and I think he mentioned. He said, like, you know, will this be the same SNL you're used to? No, it'll be something different. Like, will it make you laugh? It's like it'll be, you know. Half and half. It'll be like some stuff that's okay, some stuff that's not that great. It's SNL. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you recognize that the show by its nature is always a crapshoot. There's going to be stuff that works. There's going to be stuff that doesn't work so hot. And uh, I, I think, you know, this this episode, when you consider all the uh, obstacles that they were dealing with, you, you have to grade this one on a curve, you know? Right. Yeah, I'm not... I, I mean, overall, I, I like this episode. But yeah, like, I, I understand that... It wasn't, you know, they're working with what they had. Exactly, they had they had some limitations. Um, so let's let's get into it. Our, uh, I mean, this this also it's unusual in that it had a greater number of sketches or or bits than you would see in a typical SNL episode. In in a typical episode, you'd see like nine, and I haven't counted up how many they did, but it seems like they did. Uh, they did well over a dozen. 
I'm, I'm looking at the YouTube yeah. thing and there, there were like apparently 20, uh, 26 is a little less than that because they broke up weekend update, of course. Yeah. Yeah. We're, we're definitely in double digits. Yeah. Yeah. So that, that's very interesting. Um, but let's get into it. So the, the first thing we had was a, a Pete Davidson Drake music video, just right, doing right. a music video in the style of Drake. Yeah. It was just like how he misses his ex. I, I mean, I don't know if he's talking about Ariana or not, but it, I don't, it, it's, it's supposed to sound like a Drake song. And I mean, I, I'm somewhat familiar with Drake songs, and this kind of sounds, you know, like what Drake would do. And it's, you know, just kind of him sitting in his basement saying how much he misses his ex. And uh, yeah. I don't know, there wasn't much to this one. I don't know if that was specifically a reference to like one of Pete Davidson's exes or if he was just doing something that he thought might be in a Drake song. Hmm. Well, yeah, I guess maybe. I don't know. Maybe. I don't know. I don't Who know. knows? So um, I, I liked at the end, it just said directed by Pete's mom. because. Oh, yeah. That was sweet. That was, um, you know, I thought <laughs> it was okay, but I thought it was kind of a weak thing to lead off the show with. Yeah, very much. It was kind of like, oh, all right. That's, uh, hope the rest of the show isn't like this. But it's all right. Yeah, yeah. Um. So next we had the uh, RBG workout, which was uh, Kate McKinnon doing her Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. Uh, this, this I thought was a step up. This was um, uh, Ruth Bader Ginsburg uh, doing a workout. Darren, I'm, I'm hearing a whole lot of background noise on your end. Oh, shoot. Sorry. I was yeah, if you're rifling through drawers or something, yeah, I'm, I'm looking through totally hearing all of that. Oh, sorry. Yeah, I was looking through my CDs. Sorry about that. Okay. Yeah, I I I put a pin on that. Okay. Done and done. Because yeah, because I mean, is your phone on speaker? I'm assuming. Uh, is it? I don't know. Oh no, it's not. <laughs> okay. Okay, I I didn't know if you were yeah if you had it on speaker and you were speaking into that or if you just did that. But whatever the background noise is, I can totally totally hear all that. Okay. All right. All right. I'm all right. I'm not touching anything now. Okay. Okay. Sorry. Sorry. Um, uh, Frank, you can edit that little passage out. Let me let me note the where are we at the time? Uh, that's about fifteen minutes in. Okay. Um, so next we had uh, the RBG workout, which is uh, Kate McKinnon doing Ruth Bader Ginsburg doing uh, at home exercises. Right, and it's her kind of lifting things like uh, Q-tips and batteries, you know, heavy things to to you know strengthen the core yeah yeah and uh and she was wearing like a a, a t uh, sweatshirt that said diva and she had like her sort of little doily collar thing you know it, it's fun to see what they were doing without access to the makeup department yeah yeah i guess they were just kind of recreating the look as best they could with what they had it was it's really interesting it was like very like you know diy way of doing it Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. And we see, uh, you know, Ruth Bader Ginsburg. She's lifting Q-tips as as barbells, as dumbbells, and then she she upgrades to like batteries, little like double uh, A batteries later right. on. Right, and she, she was saying things like, you know, while you're doing this, you're going to pee, and that's normal. Pee is normal. <laughs> right, right. You know, um, and you know, apparently Kate McKinnon does yoga in life because she had like a yoga ball and and uh, yoga mat there. Oh yeah. That's true. She just happened to have that at the ready. Um, and, and she had some nice uh, posters in the background, which I, I can only assume Kate McKinnon did herself. 
Oh, yeah, yeah, that's true. Uh, she was talking about how Dr. Fauci needs to answer her DMs. Yeah. Um, she, she had a nice line. She was talking about how, you know, uh, Mitch McConnell in Congress was saying that um, they weren't able to deal with the coronavirus uh, in a swift manner because they were distracted by impeachment. And uh, mm. said, are you Congress or Parliament? Because your timeline is funkadelic. And that was oh. a, uh, Ginsburn. And they have put in a little flame graphic. So, I mean, this oh. was neat. This was very cute, I thought. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This isn't too bad. It's like, all right, this is a cute little, uh, cute little thing here. At one point, like, Kate's interrupted by her cat, who's just staring at her, at her uh, master doing, or her mistress doing all this uh, weird stuff. <laughs> <laughs> As cats are wont to do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. All um, right. So, uh, go ahead. Uh, oh no. So next up, we had the uh, the Zoom call, right? Yes. Uh, this was uh, uh, Sales Corp Industries. They're doing a Zoom call, and they're uh, they're all kind of getting the hang of the technology. And and we had uh, uh, Kate Nady's characters of Henrietta and Nan, who are the receptionists, who are very confused by technology. Yeah, uh, they actually did. This is like a recurring character because they actually played these characters before on the mm-hmm. Idris Elba episode during the uh, PowerPoint sketch. Right, I remember that. I remember that. And and they're they're characters who translate very well to uh, to this this sketch idea. And I think this is something almost everybody can relate to because, like I said before, like most everybody is dealing with Zoom calls and stuff now. So. Pretty tough. Yeah, Zoom stock is going through the roof. Yeah, very much I, so. I had never heard of Zoom before this happened. Like two months ago, I had no idea what Zoom was. Dude, I yeah. swear I'd never heard of Zoom before this thing either. Like, yeah. I think it's it's a little bit uh, too. I don't know. It's a bit too bit too bit too uh, too much of a coincidence, if you ask me. <laughs> uh oh. Okay. Well, we'll get yeah. into your conspiracy theories <laughs> later. Um, this is this is big Zoom going. It's a little bit tough. The sketch we had, uh, Henrietta and Nan uh, being very confused by the technology. They're they're making mistakes like getting too close to the camera. Um, Nan switches her avatar to just a picture of Wayne Brady. Um, and Henrietta puts up a background, and it's just a poster from The Good Doctor, which is the only oh, picture right. on her computer. Well, of course. And at one point, she takes the laptop into the bathroom with her and looks like she's about to... Uh, drop trow and uh yeah you know drop a deuce and then people are like oh no we can see you we can see you don't do that i mean that that actually happened to a a woman in real life she did that during a work uh conference zoom call and uh she took her laptop into the bathroom and she actually did drop trow and start doing her business no way really yeah yeah that that was like a viral video in the last uh, couple weeks oh shit i didn't whoa wow Wow. That's a real thing. Inspired by life, my friend. Wow. Uh, all right. This, uh, so, guys, don't, uh, don't poop while you're on the Zoom. No, don't do that. People can see you. That's right. Be very careful. Be, be clothed from the waist up, at the very least. And, uh, yeah, yeah don't, don't do anything you wouldn't uh, mind your, all your coworkers seeing you do. Yeah, I mean, unless you're cool with people watching, letting people see you poop, then like, then have at it. It's your body. If you're into that, I mean, we're not judging. No, if you, yeah. if, you if you like people looking at you uh, defecate, then by all means, have at it. It's yeah. your it's your it's your birthday. 
Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And so, so Nan and Henrietta, they're very overwhelmed by this and they just, they start having breakdowns and they, they, they talk about how they're not even good at staying at home. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, she's, I think, uh, Kate says like, Oh, I'm from hell. Like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, this was cute. I thought this, this was funny. Yeah. Yeah. This was a cute sketch. I got a kick out of it. Yeah, and this was kind of turning their lack of uh, physical interaction into into an advantage. Yeah, I mean that's another thing I was thinking about too. How weird it is as a actor to be acting kind of on a camera because, like, you know, there's no audience for you to play off of. Mm-hmm. There's no, you know, you can't tell if you if what you're doing is good or not. You know, uh, kind of like um, now with stand up because, like, like you know, we're both stand up comedians, and when we see a lot of people doing stand up shows online now. So yeah, virtual shows, that's becoming a thing. I, I don't know if that's something I would want to do um, yeah, I'm, or not. For, yeah, no, it's, it's weird for me because like you need and you need to you need some audience. You need some feedback to know if your jokes are landing or not or else you're just like a just like talking to yourself in a in a in a room on a podcast to your uh, SNL co-host. I cannot relate to that metaphor. <laughs> But yeah, I mean, well, as far as I mean, but as far as the actors go, it's uh, it's got to be challenging for them because like now they have to sort of rely on their other skills and senses to know like how to play, you know, the part that they're playing. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, yeah, this this was pretty good. Um, I enjoyed this. Um, next, we had a message from Bernie Sanders with uh, Larry David uh, recording from home as as Bernie Sanders. Always the bridesmaids, never the Democratic nominee. Yes, yes. Um, and he, he talked about, like, since he's dropped out of the race, which just happened in the last uh, week or so, uh, everyone's asking him, you know, are you going to endorse Bernie, uh, Joe Biden? And he said, well, it's not so much if I endorse Joe Biden, it's how I endorse Joe Biden. You know, I could do a full-throated yes or a eh. Right. So, um, but he's, I think he says he's going to, he's voting for Joe Biden as emphatically as Joe voted for the Iraq war. Yes. Um, which, yeah, that seems like a very Bernie Sanders esque thing to say. I also like the quote. He said, uh, you know, now that he's out of the race, I finally have the time to relax and finish that heart attack from October. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Which, uh, yeah. Yeah, that was great. This was fun. Didn't didn't go too long. It was uh, time on it on YouTube's just three minutes forty nine seconds, wow. which was good. You know that was fun. Yeah, nice, quick in out, bang, bang, boom. Yep, and that was one of the big news stories of the last couple of weeks. So it was nice to see them address that. Yeah, I had a, a whole ton of my uh, liberal friends were just super bummed out about that. It was a uh, it was a rough day. It was a rough wailing day. and gnashing of the teeth. Very much, yeah. Uh, it's horrible. Yeah, let's think about better things. Let's think about happier things, happier times. SNL. Um, so next we had uh, Masterclass Quarantine Edition. Yes, and uh, this is all Chloe, Chloe Feynman. Uh, mm-hmm. it's been, um, you've probably seen these online where people are doing masterclasses of certain things. I saw Aaron Sorkin giving like a masterclass of uh, you know screenplay writing. and Right, and- right. Uh, and, yeah. and the way it works is like you you pay a certain fee. I think it's somewhere over a hundred dollars, and then you you get access to this video where they they talk about what they do and their methods of how they do what they do. 
yeah, it's like, I mean, it's probably taken off now that everybody's home and uh, looking for stuff to do. But, um, but through with this, it's uh, Chloe Feynman doing uh, a lot of her impressions. Like, it's mm -hmm. her as Timothy Chalamet doing the master class and as right. uh, Jojo Siwa and uh, Carol Baskin from Tiger King. And uh, yeah, these are all three personalities who I, I'm not familiar with at all. Really. Uh, same. Yeah. Uh, I've heard of Timothy Chalamet. Uh, Jojo Siwo, I think, is just some sort of TikTok personality. Uh, um, well, actually, Jojo, I looked it up. She's like a YouTube personality who is on Dance Mom. Okay. Okay. Um, and it's so not a thing I would be familiar with. Uh, Chloe Baskin, I figured out from context that she is from the Tiger King show. I haven't watched Tiger King. Yeah, Carol Baskin is like, she's like the new kind of sensation. I don't watch the Tiger King. I probably won't. It's, it doesn't look like something I'd get a kick out of because everybody, it's, yeah. I don't know. It just looks like they're terrible people doing kind of crappy things. But I don't know. Like that always happens a lot where people like to watch shows with terrible people doing terrible things and people just kind of like to look and laugh at them. Yeah, yeah, people people really like watching the train wrecks. Um, I don't. I I guess I can kind of see the appeal of that, but it's not my personal thing. No judgment if that's what you're into. Yeah, uh, yeah. So so this one it only worked so much for me, be just because I didn't have a whole lot of context for it. Yeah, I mean it was uh it was good. I mean Chloe Feynman, it was a good kind of showcase for her. This kind of seems like the thing that she was doing before snl like this seems like uh -huh. the things the things she was doing on instagram that got her the audition so for her to like kind of go back to it it just seemed very natural for her. yeah yeah so uh yeah so i mean but it's always nice to see uh, uh chloe have a, a showcase and i like the line at the end where they just said uh you know master class quarantine edition still just as expensive so, <laughs> that was cute yeah that was not, not bad um, um, so the, next up, we had uh, the musical guest, musical musical guest. Good lord, uh, mm -hmm. Chris Mart Chris Martin from Coldplay, yeah, and he did an acoustic cover of Bob Dylan's song "Shelter from the Storm," uh, which is a song from his album uh, "Blood on the Tracks." Uh, this this was really nice. I like that. Uh, it, it really seemed to speak to the moment, and uh, it it was a nice cover, and it was just nice to hear a, a stripped down rendition of it. Yeah, I think somebody noticed on Twitter how uh, Chris Martin kind of tried to make his the room he was in look like the SNL stage. Because, yeah. like, if you ever see the SNL stage, it's kind of designed to look like Grand Central Station. So mm -hmm. there's, over the arcway, there, it says, like, entrance to trains. So if yeah. you look at his performance in his room, he has, like, a couple signs saying that, that says entrance to trains. I was like, yeah. oh, that's, that, that's neat. That was a nice touch. That was cute. That was cute, but I, I enjoyed yeah. this. This was this was the only number he did. I guess they just had enough other stuff they wanted to stuff in there. They didn't get a second number from Chris Martin, but uh, but I really enjoyed this. Yeah, I mean it was nice, cute, short. You know, mm -hmm. keep keep it moving, good flow. Yeah, I, I think it's one of the better musical performances they've had on the show this season. Yeah, I mean, I mean a lot of times. Yeah, I guess so. I guess you're right. <laughs> Of course I'm right. Oh, all right. Never doubt me again, Darren Patterson. I, I apologize, sir. I, this, uh, this quarantine's gotten to me. <laughs> yeah. Um, but next we had um, another mainstay of the show, Weekend Update, with uh, Colin Jost and Michael Che. 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 
Um, this, this was interesting because they said right up top they had uh, people listening in on Zoom so that there's laughter because uh, uh, Michael Che put it, he said, telling jokes with, with, with nobody there looks like a hostage footage. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah, so... Uh- so what did you think of them putting in the uh, the laughter the people have did you find it distracting or did you thought it did you think it helped um it, it worked for me that was fine I'm used to hearing laughter during weekend update and during comedy sketches in general so I didn't mind it I didn't find it distracting I honestly like on the late night shows like seeing like Stephen Colbert and Seth Meyers and Jimmy Fallon and the others do their shows without an audience it's kind of eerie because it, it just it really affects the rhythm of it. It really does. It's like you need that audience to bounce off of, man. You, it's mm-hmm. it, it's so apparent now, like like how that audience is essential to the energy of the entire show. Yeah, and uh, so and it was it was kind of fun because you could hear you could pick out certain people's laughter uh, reacting to their jokes. Like I could hear AD Bryant was laughing hard. She was giving them a lot of support, so she was kind of like. Like when you're watching your buddy up there doing his set at a, at a stand-up show and, and you want to laugh hard to support it, even if, even if it's a joke you've heard him, them do like a couple dozen times before. Yeah, I, uh, yeah I've, I've, I've had that happen. I've had, I've had to do that a couple times. Yep. So, so that was nice to see. Um, Jay had another nice line. He said, uh, comedy without an audience is like a long-distance relationship. Oh, we can't have sex, but we can still FaceTime. <laughs> it's like, I'd rather just break up with you. <laughs> so that was cute. I, I, again, it was nice to hear. You know, Che always has neat takes on stuff, and it was, it was nice to hear that stuff from him. Yeah, absolutely. So, And uh, they didn't have any special correspondence, but they did have a certain someone call in. They did. They did. They had uh, Alec Baldwin uh, call in as Donald Trump. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he wasn't in makeup or anything. They just put a picture of him as Trump up, and then he just did the voice over the phone. Yeah, yeah. Uh, unfortunately, just hearing it just as an audio element, it really made me realize like how lacking Baldwin's Trump impression is. You know, it's very uh, reliant on the visual. Yeah, I mean, I think when he first did it. We were all kind of excited by it. It seemed it seemed more spot on when he first in the moment when he first did it. But like yeah. now that we're kind of living with it day to day, I think it's like uh, you know the emperor's clothes are starting to uh, starting to uh, you know come come off here. Yeah, well, I think we as a country we've become much more familiar with his vocal rhythms and 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 verbal tics and that sort of thing. So we can. I think everybody can better judge what's a good or what's a bad Trump impression. Right. He's no JL Call Van, I'll tell you that. Oh, who is? Who is? <laughs> Shout out to JL. Hey JL. Um but uh yeah, so he he talked about the the material though was pretty good. He was talking about how in, in New York City at, at seven o'clock you have claps and cheers for the great job I'm doing. Um, right. and he talked about how he can't wear a mask in his tanning bed because it would just he would he would be dark uh, up top and then light around his mouth like a reverse Homer Simpson. Right, I and mean, they're talking about how uh, COVID nineteen instead of calling it the Chinese flu, he has like other names for it, like uh, Hong Kong fluey, 
Wang Chung Long and yeah. uh, Crouching Tiger Hidden Symptoms. Yeah, those those were my favorites too. Those those were cute. Yeah, yeah, I dug those. Um, I also like the joke they had later on um, where they talked about how a male panda at the Chinese zoo uh, had sex with its partner for the first time in 10 years uh, after she finally agreed to get implants. And then they just cut to a graphic of a female panda with, with <laughs> breast implants, which is just a funny yeah, that's, that's for That's for a very specific audience. That's right. Again, we are not judging. If you have a panda fetish, welcome. We're happy Do to have you as a listener. Do what you want. Have at it. Have at it. Have at it. As long as you and the panda are all consenting adults, you yeah. you have a blast. <laughs> that's that's our yes. That's our stance. That's right. We are a panda sex positive podcast. Panda sexual. <laughs> Um, and uh, uh, we're not pansexual. No, no. Um, and lastly, uh, uh, Che talked about how he he unfortunately lost his grandmother this week to uh, to COVID nineteen, and and he said uh, my my grandmother's favorite segment was when we would swap jokes, and she would really like it if we did this. Okay. So well, he, I think you cut out that. I think you cut out that last part. Say say that again. I think you cut out at that last part. The okay, when you're talking about so. Uh, yeah, I didn't hear it. Okay, okay. Um, I'll just back up and do it again. Um, so uh, uh, Michael Che, uh, he said he he unfortunately lost his grandmother this week to the COVID nineteen uh, virus, and he said that uh, her favorite segment on the show was when. Uh, Michael and uh, Colin would swap jokes, which is something they do uh, usually at the beginning and end of the season or, or during their last show before the holiday break. And so uh, uh, Che had sent a joke to Colin via email that he had uh, Colin read on the air. Yeah, and of course it was uh, as, as racy as you'd think it'd be. Uh, yeah, not, not racy, um, sexual but racy uh, as in racial. Race. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Race. Um, now, which one of us should read this? Should I read it so we have the discomfort of, of the white guy saying the, uh, the, the racial joke? Or, well, should we, or should you do it? Yeah, well, here's the thing. I don't have it in front of me right now. So oh, maybe, okay. you sh- maybe you should read it just because I don't have it. So uh, I'll, I'll leave it up to you. Okay, so so it was a joke about uh, two university professors who were either um, I, I they were they were fired or they were at at least uh, 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 they they had used the n word in class, and in their defense, this the students were being really lazy. Oh. Wow! Wow! Yeah! Wow! John, I can't believe you said that. Oh hey, wait! I do have it. I do have the joke. Oh, oh you're, you're, <laughs> gotcha! See what you did there. Um, uh, but uh, you know, I gotta say, Colin—he's Colin, a very good sport to always read this because he—he knows that Jay is trying to screw him over, and Jay is so good at this game. It's a good—it's a good joke, and plus, like, you'd have to know, like, to get the whole joke, you'd have to know the word and know the definition of the word. It's like, oh, okay, I did there. 
Oh yeah, because the the N word sounds quite a bit like uh, yeah, yeah, a, a word that uses a, another A, and you know I didn't even make that connection. But really? Yeah, that's a, that's an even cleverer joke than I uh, I I gave it credit for. So yeah, that's a really good joke. See, there's, there's levels to this, baby. There is, there is. Um, but the best bit was after you know Colin gets through that joke, uh, Shade just goes. Yeah, my grandmother never saw the show. I just wanted to make <laughs> you say that. That was hilarious, and you could tell. Like, I, I always like that that genuine kind of uh, love and just camaraderie mm -hmm. the two have. It, it really shines through, and it really, it really makes the yeah. their segment in, in more this, enjoyable. In this segment in particular, you really do see the rapport that those two have, and they and they do seem like pretty tight as friends. Yeah, and shout out to Mike. For like doing this like a less than a week after his grandma passed away, I mean, that yeah, was... yeah, and Jeez. and you know because of the circumstances, he wasn't able to be with her, and uh, you know, our hearts go out to to Michael Shea. All the best, man. We know you're going through yes. a tough time, and you know, props to you for for still going through with the show and and doing that. You're you're a real pro, man. Absolutely. Um. So next we had um. Uh, one of the recurring update characters in her own segment, we did. Uh, we had Heidi Gardner doing uh, Bailey at the movies with her character uh, Bailey Gizmert uh, doing a YouTube right. show. Yeah, and this is actually pretty perfect because, like, this format is actually pretty much custom made for this character. Yeah, yeah. I mean, because it's she's playing a young person who's like in her teens somewhere, and um, she's reviewing some recent movies like uh, The Hunt. Uh, Emma and the Invisible Man. She's saying like how Emma stole a lot from the Clueless, which I yes. agree. Yes, uh, and just but she's basically just saying that everything's very random, uh, awkward. Yeah, yeah. It it got a little uh, monotonous because the character said that everything was random or awkward. You know, so yeah, that got a little. Know, yeah, I mean, I know she. That character does that a lot, but I think the way, because with an audience that plays a little bit differently, but without yeah. an audience, it kind of gets a little like, all right, you need to maybe find another way to approach this character just a little bit. But I, I mean, I, but I still love Heidi. I think her character work is, you know, top notch. So, like, I, yeah. I, I, yeah. I dug it, but it was a little, I don't know. I think this lost a little something with not having the interaction with, like, Colin or Michael on update. Um, you know, because I I think yeah, that's no. the straight man. Because without it, it it just seemed like okay. Well, it seems like I'm just watching a crappy YouTuber now. Agreed, agreed. I'm with you though on that. Yeah. And I also it was weird at the at the very end when she was wrapping up her segment. She's saying, "Oh, by the way, I saw the Louis C.K. special. It was really good. You can check it out." <laughs> I was, I was like, "Wait, what?" That was especially random. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, <laughs> I was like, "Wait, what?" I was like, okay, well, why would Bailey be into Louis C.K.? And uh, I don't know. I don't get what they were going for there. Yeah, that was odd. I don't know. Maybe because she likes bad boys and she was into the Invisible Man. or uh, I don't know. Yeah, maybe. I, I don't know. Um, so next we had um, an SNL animated short, uh, uh, Middle-Aged Mutant Ninja Turtles. Uh, yeah, this was an interesting one. I it's been a while. It's been a minute since I've seen an animated. Uh, yeah, you dropped out a little there. 
for me. Oh, um, yeah, I was gonna, I was just saying, yeah, it's been a while since I've seen an animated short on SNL. Yeah, it's kind of been almost since the TV Funhouse days when uh, Robert Smigel uh, would would do stuff with JJ uh, Saddlemeyer. Um, but so this was welcome. It was just good for variety's sake. And the the joke here was basically the former Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. They're they're now in their I suppose uh, mid forties, and they're they're very domesticated. Um, <laughs> one of the lyrics was, "They used to be so cool. Now they drive their spoiled kids to school." Um, yeah. Uh, I, all of I them mean, are the way... now turtle power. <laughs> yeah, I mean the, this uh, this is a really interesting sketch because like it looked like maybe something that was left left over from the nineties. It looked like an old sketch that they just revived. But uh, I mean, as we found out, like uh, no, the sketch was pretty new, and like all the animation was done within a couple days. Yeah, um, Stephen Castillo. Um, uh, who was one of the writers, he said uh, it was written by me, Dambula, Kyle Mooney, um, directed by uh, Hannah Levy and Ariana Robles. And uh, the animation team uh, at Visual Creatures, they animated this in less than a week. Uh, so it was Lee McGee, Ryan McNeely, and the folks at, at Visual Creatures. So that's really impressive that they did all this yeah, in less than a week. Yeah, I mean, that's pretty, that is pretty fast. Because it looked like an old sketch. And even, I mean, we compared it to uh, TV Funhouse, which, mm -hmm. you know, it is very TV Funhouse because they're both animated shorts. But also, like, the humor, I thought, kind of felt like very TV funhouse -y Because, like, there aren't a lot of jokes in it. But it's played kind of straight. There's one scene where Donatello gets a call from his doctor about a lump they found and it being benign. And that's really all, it's like, it's like kind of like serious and dramatic. Uh, yeah, I mean, but but I liked it. I thought this was like a funny sketch. I for me, this was the best of the night. Yeah, I'll I'll go with that. It, it was the, the it was very kind of, I guess like dark type type of humor you'd say, but it's very, I don't know, it was very interesting. Yeah, yeah, I enjoyed it, and I I like the character designs on the turtles too. You know, one of them had like a little soul patch, so he was like going through a midlife crisis sort of thing. Right, um, right. Yeah, but uh, yeah, very funny stuff. Yeah, this was a this was a win. Mm -hmm. um, uh, so let, let's see. Let's, what was the name of the the next one oh, that we did? Uh, this was the next one is called Twitch Stream. Yes, uh, this uh, was, Cam. Had, Cam plays that. Um, yeah, this was a, a games days, and he's he's playing uh, on Twitch. He's playing Call of Duty Warzone. And uh, uh, the joke here is just he's getting killed constantly. And we see just game footage of him playing Call of Duty Warzone. Yeah, apparently this is like a thing. I mean, I'm on Twitch. I have mm -hmm. Twitch, but it's just for, you know, non-productive stuff and like uh, watching other things. But apparently this, a lot of people do this on Twitch where they just, it's like a video gaming community. And you just like go on and play video games and people like log on and watch you and comment and stuff. So yeah. apparently this is the whole... As, as another whole video gaming world that I'm just now finding out about. Uh, yeah, I mean, here, the, I mean, it was a pretty straightforward joke. He's just constantly been in, getting killed by everyone else in the game, and uh, he's getting pretty frustrated about that. Yeah, and then, like, somebody taunts him online saying, oh, you should go back to Fortnite. And he said, mm -hmm. oh, I should go back to your mom's house. And then he was like, oh, oh, you, you don't have a mom? Oh, I'm sorry, man, I didn't know that. 
Yeah, and then uh, towards the end, he gets frustrated. And he switches over to Super Mario Brothers, and he also dies instantly in that. Yes. Um, this one, I, I didn't think of, uh, too much of it, honestly. It was a nice, quick little sketch. You know, some good character work from uh, Mikey. I, I dug it. Yeah, did, it was kind of a swing and a miss for me, but, uh, you know, I, I just thought the joke was kind of obvious, so it didn't make me laugh very much. I hear you. Yeah, there was, I mean, it was good, but it was obvious, like you said, mm-hmm. but, you know, still, I, I got a couple chuckles out of it. Um, so next we had uh, Sport Report with uh, Alex Moffat as Bob Tisdale, who is a, a British sportscaster, who uh, the, the gag here is he, he basically has nothing to report on since uh, there are no professional sports going on at the moment. So he's produced doing things like a laptop challenge. Which laptop will boot up first? <laughs> and, uh, uh, yeah, and then he has like two, like two, he lit two matches and find out which one will burn out first. And right. d- there's popcorn kernels in a pan, and he says, which popcorn kernel will pop first? Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, it's, it's just okay. it's the same thing. It's like, uh, I mean, it, it was kind of obvious where they were going. It doesn't really change directions really so with a sketch like that it kind of depends on the character work the uh the person does to sort of elevate Mm -hmm. it so yeah i mean like you know alex always like and i thought it was a nice little character that was okay i thought he did some nice character work in there he seemed to have an actual wig to wear in the character and you know he he cobbled together a costume for himself and he d- he does a nice uh, British accent, so I I thought he elevated the material, but I I thought this was cute. I thought it was amusing, um, and I didn't notice until I rewatched the sketch this morning. There are actually jokes in the uh, Chiron at the bottom of the screen. So if you miss that during the live uh, broadcast or during the broadcast, I should say, um, check it out again. And there there are some jokes running along uh, the bottom of the screen. Ooh, look at that. Yeah, look at so uh, multiple levels there. <laughs> There's so many levels. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay, uh, then next up we got a Kyle and Beck sketch. Yeah, this was called Whatcha Cookin'? And it, it literally is just them back and forth uh, on, the, on the phone uh, doing a FaceTime. FaceTiming, trying to say, hey, you got any ideas for this uh, show? What, what you doing? What you cooking? What's, what's going on? What's happening? What you, what yeah. you got popping? And it's just them kind of going back and forth, making sounds, making music out of said sound. Yeah, and then it becomes like a dance remix of their conversation. Um, Just very rapid fire going back and forth between the two of them. Um, And then at at one point, because they're fresh out of ideas, they call Fred Armisen. And they get Fred Armisen. Fred Armisen. Yeah, I don't know. I didn't write that much for this one. What did you think? Um, my main reaction to this was uh, Kyle or uh, Beck looks pretty good with a beard. <laughs> Same. That's that's very becoming on you, Beck. You should you should hang on to the beard. Might be make it a little tough for the sketch comedy show, but I think it's it's very flattering on you. Yeah, he's like a, a puffy Tony Stark. <laughs> yes. <laughs> He is like a puffy Tony Stark. What? Well, am I wrong? I just like that. It's like half complimentary, half insulting. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> half and half. Let's focus on the good part. Of the, uh, yeah, thing yeah. I said. Any comparison to Tony Stark is pretty good, right? Yeah, but I mean, as far as sketches go, I don't know. I thought it was kind of. Oh. It, 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 it was kind of. Yeah. It, it, 
uh, not too much else to say. It was it was neat to see Fred Armisen pop up, I suppose. Yeah, that was that was nice. It was all right. Um, next, we had visualizations with eighty, which is uh, eighty Bryant doing sort of a new age meditation type thing, but she keeps getting distracted by stuff. Right, right. So it's like her visualizing herself on a red carpet, and then she, her thinking she doesn't belong on the red carpet, and kind of getting in the way of her visualization. Yeah, yeah. And at one point, she tries like visualizing like a a stallion or a horse, and and then it somehow turns into a rattlesnake and. Uh, this was okay. Didn't really rise above the level of okay for me. Yeah, I really didn't write down anything. I just wrote down visualization with 80. And that's it. Okay. <laughs> I really don't have anything to say about this one. There was a, this one was like, oh, okay. That's okay. There's, there's even more stuff to come. <laughs> uh, next we had uh, How Low Will You Go, which was a, a dating show for people just getting out of quarantine. We had Beck as the host, Alex Burpee. And we had uh, Ego, Heidi, and 80 as uh, three women who've been quarantined for several months, and they've They've all broken their vibrators. That's right. They're hungry for dudes. Uh, so, yeah, so they're a little desperate there. And they're all just, you know, whatever guy comes up, they're all just like, okay, that's good. Yeah. Okay. We going to smash? Yeah. Yeah. It was basically like uh, I had Mikey Day come in. He's like, hey, my name's Tip. Uh, I live in my car right now. And they're like, yeah, that's fine. That's fine. Yeah. Um, you know, he's unemployed. He's like an indoor guy with no friends. And they're like, okay, that's good. That's good. Uh, we had Pete uh, Davison come on as Dern. He says, oh, I wanted to be productive in lockdown, so I watched every episode of Family Guy. <laughs> <laughs> so basically, like, none of the red flags are bothering any of the women. You know, he's like, right. where do you live? The end of Brooklyn. Okay, I can be there in about 45 minutes <laughs> if I sprint. <laughs> the end of Brooklyn. I don't even know what that means. Um And and lastly, we had uh, Keenan as Townsend, who is, who's wearing, like, a a uh, sheet or a comforter is a cape, and he writes non-erotic fiction. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And uh, this is the first time we've seen Keenan tonight. Uh, yeah, it. yeah. Outside of the intro, yes. Yeah. Um, and then, and, like, I think, he- I think Heidi said he was fine. And mm-hmm. then he said, she also said, oh, by the way, I'm looking for, like, something serious, a commitment. And then uh, Keenan oh. was like, oh, no, I can't do that. Townsend likes yeah, yeah. to play. Yeah, she says, uh, my brother got engaged under over quarantine and it lit a fire under me. So uh, <laughs> this was cute. I enjoyed this. I liked the premise of it. And it was it was well performed by all the ladies and, and the guys. Yeah. And hey, uh, John, once this quarantine's over, it's just I mean, dude, you're in business, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I've. Uh... <laughs> That's a thought. That Line up, really ladies. Thought, I suppose, yes. Line up, ladies. Their standards will have fallen far enough that... Uh... <laughs> okay, uh, moving on. Um, we had a, a solo bit with uh, Ego doing uh, makeup with Crayola markers. Uh, this was Quarantine QT is what this is called on YouTube. Yeah, I didn't write that much anything for this. It was like literally her just kind of using magic markers as makeup and at the end of it her face kind of looked like uh like a bozo the clown type of thing yeah she did her eyebrows she did some blush with the red marker and uh she she did lipstick with like a purple marker um yeah, this, yeah it was it this was really something 
I could have taken or leave him, uh, left this, but, uh, you know, it was, yeah, it was, was only uh, like, uh, it was under two minutes. So whatever. Yeah. Uh, speaking under two minutes, we also had like, uh, Pete Davidson doing another rap video. Another rap video, presumably shot by his mom, just Pete, uh, going around his Staten Island neighborhood, uh, rapping about how he's got $2,000 and it looks like a lot in the video, but it's not really a lot of money. I like this one a little bit better than the Drake one because it has a bit, um, like a stronger kind of idea behind it. Like, oh, two thousand dollars does look like a lot in red video. Yeah, but. yeah, because he had like a wad of cash. But yeah, two thousand dollars doesn't go all that far in today's world. <laughs> no. um, I got two thousand dollars. I mean, I wouldn't say no to two thousand dollars. I would not either. Yeah, <laughs> I got two thousand dollars. Um, but yeah, this was cute, and I, I like you. I, I like this a little better than the Drake video. Absolutely. Yeah. And uh, so, and then we we wrapped up on a serious note, a very somber mm-hmm. note, actually. Um, they we had like a tribute to uh, Hal Wilner. Hal Wilner, who was um, he worked in the music department at SNL. Um, uh, Kate started out; she kind of ex- talked about who Hal was and what he did on the show. Um, when they have a a sketch that's more cinematic. And they had uh, like a score that goes under it, like when uh, Kate did a Casablanca sketch with uh, J.K. Simmons a few years ago, or the the recent Sound of Music parody that Cecily did um, with John Mulaney uh, a few weeks ago. They need a score to really make it seem like the movie, and that that is what Hal Wellner did. Yeah, this was an interesting one, just because like when they showed the uh, the title card of Hal Wellner's, you know, his name and everything. I thought that would be it. I thought that's all they would because, like you know, they've done that before for people like yeah. um, Buck Henry passed away. It, I thought that I thought that would be it, but then they went into this whole, yeah. you know, tribute and, and, to him. And we should say, in case you don't know, Hal Wilner, uh, unfortunately, he died uh, this week of complications from uh, coronavirus, I believe. Yes. Um, yeah. And it was very sad to to hear that. And he he was obviously a very well loved guy at SNL because we had cast members past and present just talking about how and how great he was. And, yeah, they had, uh, uh, had Adam Sandler say some things, John Mulaney, uh, Bill Hader, uh, Armisen, Fred Armisen. And mm-hmm. uh, they also had this nice little thing where all the characters that were in that Netflix movie, uh, Wine Country, Tina Fey, Amy Poehler, Anna Gastaya, Paula Pell, Rachel Dratch, and Emily Spivey, and Molly Shannon, they all sang. Maya Rudolph, did you mention Maya? Oh, Maya Rudolph, too. Yeah. yeah. Sorry, there, there were eight yeah, they all Right. And they all came together and sang uh, Perfect Day by Lou Reed. Yeah, which was uh, a really nice uh, uh, tribute to him. And, and they, this was also interspersed with uh, interview clips from him from, I'm assuming, like some anniversary special or another where he talked about what he did on the show and why I like. And he was with the show since 1981. So. Damn. That's that is incredible. That's fantastic. So uh, yeah. Uh, wow, yeah, I was really uh, shocked and touched. It was really, it was really sweet. Rest in peace. Yeah, this was know. really sweet, and I I got a little teary eyed watching this, and I didn't I didn't know how, but I'm sorry I didn't get a chance to because he seemed like he was a really amazing guy. I mean, Bill Hader was like, this is somebody who's friends with Miles Davis, and he he's friends with me, and Fred Armisen talks about how. Yeah, he'd just come up to my dressing room and we'd just talk about music and he'd turn me on to stuff. And 
he just seemed like a really cool dude. Uh, he sounds like a guy I would want to hang with. Sounds he sounds legit. Yeah, yeah, and it's yeah. It's sorry he's he's not around anymore, and he's not going to be with the show anymore. And it's just it just sucks all around, you know. It's just it's just garbage. It's all garbage. Yeah, and um, uh, we should mention that there was all there's also a uh, another sketch uh, with Kyle Mooney called Bruce Audition. That's up on YouTube. That I guess was cut for time or or just didn't make the cut. Oh, I didn't even show. see that. Yeah, they uploaded that on YouTube. It's just his uh, Kyle doing his Bruce Chandler stand-up comedian character, and he's auditioning for a movie. And it's he's just very clueless about how acting works because he's very used to being a stand-up. Uh, yeah. All right. I'm. Uh, what What do you think of it? Yeah, it was so so. Yeah, it sounds about right. Yeah, uh, but that's no, okay. But uh, another thing I found weird about this episode: no Cecily, no Bowen, oh, and no. no Melissa. No Melissa. No, they were none of them were in the show proper. They were all in the intro, of course, because they're all current cast members or at least featured players. Um, but we didn't see any sketches with them, and I no idea why that was. I don't know if maybe they had technical difficulties or if, or if just none of their material was, was chosen, which, but it's a shame, you know? Um, yeah. I would have loved to see them all because I, I enjoy what they do. Uh, I was especially surprised that uh, Cecily was not represented in the show. Yeah, hey, what happened? Because, yeah, I mean, she's, she's one of the bigger cast members right now, I think. Uh, she's one of the heavy hitters, so you'd think they would have... Uh, Made a point of putting her in the show, but who knows what's going on? I hope they're all doing well. That none of them got sick or anything, but yeah, I hope so. So we wish yeah. them the best. We just want to let them know they were missed. Yes, we're, we're, you're, you're in our thoughts and in our hearts and in our spirits. Yes. All right. So uh, overall, what do you think of this? Did it work? Did it not work? Um, um, I, I think it was kind of a mixed bag. I think. There were a couple highlights. I think the turtles, the the Ninja Turtles sketch and the Zoom sketch were probably the standouts for me. Um, I'd say maybe there was there was more stuff that didn't quite work than than worked. But uh, you know, I, I also like the Chris Martin uh, musical number and the RBG workout. I thought those were were good too. Yeah, I agree. Like uh, some stuff worked, some stuff didn't. Like you said. Um, and also, then again, this is like the first time they're ever doing something like this. This, is a fr- this might be the first time anybody's ever done something like this. So, like, there's going to be, you know, it ain't going to be perfect. Um, Absolutely. I mean, like we said at the top of the show, it's you got to grade this one on a curve. And yeah. it's it, you know, like like they said in the Saturday Night documentary that we watched the other week. Um, you get points for trying. Yeah, absolutely. Oh. Uh, I mean, I yeah, and they, they were, there was a lot of trying. There was a lot of, you know, the actors kind of working on, like, you know, honing their other skills because there was no audience to play off of. Uh, some stuff worked, some stuff didn't. I, I liked, you know, some of the more stripped-down version of a sketch or the musical performances I, I liked, mm-hmm. and some could have used little tweaking. But, I mean, overall, I'm not, I'm not mad at it. So was, well, right. I'm glad they attempted it, um, you know, and it, it was also nice to see Tom Hanks up and about and, you know, apparently recovered. Uh, and he said that uh, his wife, Frida Wilson, is also doing well. So all the best to them. Yes. Um, so would you want to see them try this again, Darren? 
You know what? I think I would. Like, this is, it's interesting. It's intriguing to me. It's interesting enough for me to, like, kind of want to see more of it. I mean, I, I mean, it's, it's not gonna, it's not like the regular Saturday Night Live show. It's, but it's like its own type of thing. Right. And it's, uh, I don't know. I'm interested enough to maybe see this again. I, I wouldn't mind if they attempted this again. Um, apparently, they're not going to do it again next week, though, because next week they are doing a rerun of the uh, the John Mulaney uh, episode, uh, right. the last one from this from earlier this season. Uh, it was John Mulaney, and who was the musical guest on that? I'm blanking on it. David Byrne, the magic. David Byrne, of course, of course. Um, which was that was a really strong show. I I may just watch that one in reruns. I I. I I mean, those musical performances alone is worth watching again. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, so, but the, but that's that was SNL at home. Um, interesting to see. Wouldn't mind seeing them attempt it again. I wouldn't want this to become the new norm, but glad they made the effort. Yeah, I mean, overall, I I mean, the live performances are are way better. Just the energy is more up, and it's uh, you know, it's something you really can't recreate at home. So yeah, yeah. But I mean, but this is like a good something to tide you on until hopefully things get back to normal. And it, it's an interesting novelty, if nothing else. I mean, this is this is a unique episode in the forty-five year history of SNL, and that's I mean, how many times do you get to say that? Yeah, unique New York. No, you need unique New York. <laughs> unique New York. Unique New York. So let's see what else we got. Uh, a few uh, uh, Twitter comments that we got. Um, we we told everybody that we were recording uh, this episode. We asked for for questions, comments, and uh, we got a few. Let me let me just click on that. We got some interesting feedback. Uh, Steve Harold at Joint Partners says, "I give it a B for effort. Didn't find much actually funny. Was most interested in Weekend Update, but they really should have dropped." Whoever they had listening in to laugh sounded horrible and was distracting. I get why they did it, but they should drop that if they do this again. Um, hmm. Yeah, I, I I can see why you feel that way. I personally didn't mind that, Steve. Uh, the, the laughter worked for me. I think hearing laughter sounds more natural to me than not hearing laughter. So, yeah, I mean, there's there's laughter when they do it live. I mean, mm -hmm. how, so how is that any more or less distracting than? This uh, stay-at-home version they did. Yeah. Um, let's see. Our friend Ruby the Rube said, "I liked the middle-aged uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles short the best. Something about depressed pudgy turtles speaks to me." Ever, <laughs> <laughs> ever since TV Funhouse stopped, animation on SNL is a bit of a rarity. Uh, and then they yeah. and then Ruby asked, "That had to have been something they'd saved for a while, right? Animation that crisp." can't possibly be done in less than a week. And initially I was agreeing with Ruby, but no, apparently they did turn it around in less than a week, uh, which is, that is just very impressive technically. Yeah, I like, uh, like I said before, I could have sworn they just had this lying around for days. Yeah, weeks. That, that would have been my guess too, but um, uh, let's see. Uh, J.P. Seltzman, oh, Peltzman, excuse me, J.P. Peltzman, uh, says to paraphrase what I tweeted, decent given the awful circumstances, and everyone's heart was in the right place. But it underscored the biggest problem of the last, the past two three years. It's already a show of individual performances as opposed to a cohesive ensemble. Seventeen players, seventeen taxis. Interesting. Wow. wow. Um, 
I mean, that's that's kind of a harsh assessment, but I think there's a little something to that. A little bit. Like, I mean, well, I mean, and on this show, it's, uh, let me see. Like, yeah, I mean, you, people have to be, kind of be like individual ensembles because you can't really interact mm-hmm. with somebody else because you can't be in the same room as somebody else during yeah. this whole pandemic thing. But, I mean, I don't know about the whole 17 players, 17, 17 taxi thing because, I mean, Kate and Aidy work together all the time. Cecily works with them all the time. Yeah. Uh, Mikey and Alex work together all the time. Uh, Kyle and Beck work together all the time. They have like their own little like clicks. And there are little pairings, but yeah, I think maybe the cast as a whole doesn't. I mean, like to say, how often do you pair up, say Cecily and Kyle? You know, mm. um, so there are certain combos you see a lot, but you, you you don't. I think I think it's just tougher to have the the cast coalesce as one when you have this big of a cast. If you had a cast of uh, like eight to a dozen people, it would be easier, I think. Uh, so everybody kind of sits at their own lunch type of thing. Yeah, maybe, maybe. All right, fair enough. Um, let's see. Should I read another? Or do you have it up? Uh, I have it up. Um, SCF SC Fleming said I dipped into the Easter candy and I was hiding some from the kid and watched it live. I was tired and wired and sugar and thought, are are there people who have hardly been on tonight, like Bowen and Cecily? Thank God SNL Nerd Show will have the answer. I hope. Um, and yeah. yeah. And yeah. Uh, we don't really have any inside information there as to why precisely those folks weren't there. It it could have just been because, well, the show's a crapshoot by its nature. So maybe they just didn't happen to write or produce anything that uh, was judged uh, right for the program. So Yeah, very possible. It sucks stuff, but yeah. You know, I mean, I, I certainly missed him. I would have loved to see uh, Bowen and Cecily and uh, Melissa Villasenor on the show. Yeah, and I hope absolutely. If they do this again, that they, they have something on the show. Absolutely. Um, let's see. My friend uh, Jeff Knapp, he said, uh, I thought it was fine. I thought Update was the weakest sketch, which struck me as funny since it's a segment which can pretty much be managed remotely pretty easily. And I figured uh, cast distribution was mostly spread out over who wrote the material. Um, yeah, that could be. Yeah, really? I, I didn't think Weekend Update was... I thought it was pretty strong, actually. That, that's so weird that he has that take on it. Um, I, yeah, I thought Weekend Update was okay. I, you know, it was interesting to see, like, uh, Colin's very expensive-looking living room. I was like, wherever Colin <laughs> is living is, is very nice. I think a lot of people were doing that, where they were, like, watching the show just to see how the cast is living basically where they're like oh you uh you got an la home all right hmm. i definitely noticed it's like the people have been with the show a little longer they definitely seem to have nicer apartments or homes and then yeah. the newer cast members they seem to s- still be in like cramped new york apartments yeah you see their roommate on the couch like, <laughs> you're in the shot get out um but yeah like a few like i i was I was talking with uh, uh, my friend Jeff Knapp on on Twitter a little bit about this, and he was like, yeah, apparently, like, Beck and Kyle went out to California. Um, And I was like, yeah, I know a few cast members got out of town. Like, I saw uh, Cecily Strong uh, posted on her Instagram that she, like, got out of town with a few friends, and they went there holed up somewhere. Mm. Um, I mean, thank God she's okay. She's mm -hmm. she's all right, everybody. She's all right. Yeah, yeah. That's, That's what's really important. Um, uh, and uh, yeah, last one. Um, 
S Grotesque 982 said, I thought it was okay. I liked Quarantine Olympics, which I guess was the Sky Sports thing. Yeah. Uh, That's Bailey a good Gizmer, name for it, actually. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Bailey Gizmert, Chloe's Masterclass Sketch, Middle Age Ninja Turtles, and Twitch Gamer. Surprised some people didn't get a solo sketch, but others got two, which, yeah, it's, uh, we, don't, we ain't got no answer to that one. It's uh, weird. But yeah, I mean, overall, people seem to enjoy this. Uh, yeah, yeah. I thought it was decent. And it's, you know, it seemed to like really get some reaction and some feedback on the, on the Twitter sphere, like more than more buzz than I usually see with SNL, which is, which is cool. Yeah, absolutely. So um, I think that is the show for this week. Um, next week, we're going to go back to what our original plan was for, for this episode. And we're going to watch Hot Rod from uh, the Lonely Island guys. That's right. Got Andy Samberg, and we got Bill Hader, and we got the Danny McBride, and we got the uh, Ilsa Fisher. We, we got oh, it all. What happened now? I think, I think she says her name, Isla. Isla Fisher? Oh, okay. Isla Fisher. I may be wrong on that, but I, I think it's Isla. Isla or Ilsa. We have one of those Fishers. But uh, but I'm looking forward to seeing Hot Rod. I've never I've never watched it, but uh, I know it's a favor to yours, and uh, I trust you generally on comedy. So I'll yeah, be interested in so. seeing what they worked up. Yeah, dude, I think you'll dig it. Go uh, when, when you watch it. Let me know. well, you'll let me know when we do the episode. But you know, I think you'll uh, I think you'll be pleasantly surprised. Okay, okay, and uh, yeah, SNL is back uh, in reruns uh, next week. They're doing the the John Mulaney David Byrne episode, um, and uh, we'll see you next week. And we'll talk about Hot Rod. And in the meantime, if you want to follow us on uh, Twitter or Instagram, you can find me uh, at Trumbull Comic. That's at T R U M B U L L Comic. And you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Darren Credible, D-A-R-I-N Credible. And you can follow the show's uh, Twitter page at SNL Nerds Show. And please let us know what you thought about this episode of SNL, or what you thought about this episode of the podcast. And uh, please uh, like and subscribe and rate us on uh, your podcast app of your choice. We haven't gotten a, uh, a nice review in a little while. So we, uh, we, could, we could use another one of those. It's been uh, over two months. So yeah. yeah, yeah. Please let us know what what you like, what we're doing right, what we're doing wrong, all that good stuff. Yeah, what else you got to do? Watch Tiger King for the umpteenth time? Hmm? Yeah, yeah. You've seen it. Yeah, that that guy's still dead. Yeah, <laughs> I think there's a guy dead. So somebody's dead. Yeah, I think somebody killed somebody in that. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. Oof. But uh, yeah, so do that uh, if you want to contribute to our Patreon. You can uh, go to Patreon and find us. We're at uh, non-productive.com. Uh, and you can indicate that you're contributing for the SNL Nerd Show. Absolutely. Uh, and yeah, check out the other shows on non Awesome, hilarious, and fantastic, and waiting for you for your viewing or listening pleasure. Yes. Um, so I think that's, that's about it. So unless you have anything else to say, Darren. The only thing else I have to say is nerds out. This has been a non-productive media presentation. Executive producer, Frank Hablawi. This program and many others like it on the Non-Productive Network is distributed under a Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial No Derivatives License. Please share it, but ask before trying to change it or sell it. For more information, visit non-productive.com.